Hello, everyone. This is National Master Evan Rabin from Your Chess CEO, and I am very excited to be here on the 153rd edition of the Premier Chess podcast with a very special guest, my good friend and colleague, International Master Carlos Perdomo, who is an international chess master and owner of Chess Atlanta. Uh, since 2003, uh, Chess Atlanta has been providing uh, many young students in a bunch of schools in the metro Atlanta area, uh, life and business skills uh, through chess. Uh, and he also does, uh, you know, a lot of summer camps, uh, both virtually like us and in person in the uh, Atlanta uh, area. Uh, he's also coached the Emory University uh, chess team. Uh, back in 2004, they defeated Duke, Yale, and Stanford. Uh, we actually had a lot of Yale participants a couple weeks ago when we hosted an all-Ivy invitational tournament with the uh, Columbia Clubs of New York and New Jersey. Uh, but uh, yeah, anyways, it's uh, my pleasure to you know have Carlos uh, on here today. And uh, how are you doing? Hi, Evan. Well, first, uh, thank you so much for this invitation. I mean, uh, it's an honor to be here in your podcast. You've been doing a great job <laughs> with this uh, pandemic. I mean, recording 100 and how many? 138? It's crazy. I started the podcast not <laughs> long before the pandemic in January 2020. And uh, this is a episode 153. So, oh, wow. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, I I'm, I'm so happy to be here, like, like you said. Um, I've been teaching chess for more than 20 years. I'm an international master. I got my title in 1998. And um, you know, I'm, I'm from, originally from Colombia in South America. Uh, I moved to the US 20 years ago. And that's when basically I switched my, you know, like professional chess career to the chess coaching career, basically. And uh, I love teaching chess. I think it's, it's great, especially for kids. And um, yeah, I have um, coached the Emory chess team in the past. We, we had uh, great results. I mean, it was a, a good team. Uh, we went to Washington DC, Florida twice, Kansas. And um, so, yeah, I think chess, uh, for especially for kids, they can go and play till middle school, high school, even college. And now um, we are seeing um, growing um, like corporations actually playing chess, you know, competing. And that's something that is, is good to, to see, um, especially during the pandemic, you know, the chess boon and um, the Queen's Gambit. Uh, I think are all great things that uh, are helping to, you know, to promote chess. And uh, yeah, so that's Wonderful. Great. So yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, seriously my pleasure to, you know, have you here. Uh, you know, thank you so much for the kind words. They definitely are, uh, you know, very mutual. Um, and, you know, look, if there's nothing else that uh, people probably have seen on this podcast, um, I really am actually a big fan of, you know, working with other, uh, you know, chess organizations like yourself uh, to, 
you know, spread the, the word of chess. Um, you know, I've had actually uh, several other companies that are, you know, quote unquote competitors, uh, you know, like Elliot Neff's Just for Life out in Seattle, uh, John Hendricks, uh, you know, um, Foundation Chess, uh, you know, in, in, in Houston, uh, and a couple others. Uh, they're the, the, you know, the first two that come to mind. Um, I don't see, you know, any of that as, you know, absolute competition. I view it as, you know, we're working together uh, and spreading, uh, you know, the game uh, to really, you know, students of all ages uh, and skill levels. Um, so for one, uh, you probably, I think, are the first uh, Colombian player that I've had, uh, you know, on the podcast. Um, have had people from, you know, all around the world. Um, but what was it like, uh you know, growing up, you know, in Cuba and what was uh, like your, your chess training like in Cuba? In, in <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Uh, and I think you got a really important point. I think it's important for us to collaborate, you know, trying to uh, help uh, chess promotion everywhere. You know, I, I think the potential is really, really big. And, um, you know, I don't think it's... it's um, it's a good idea just to try to uh, fight for students. You know, I think uh, we can actually grow together and helping each other, I think, is, 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 is the best way. So, uh, yeah, that's, um, that, that's something that, that is really important. Now, uh, I was, uh, yeah, I grew up in Colombia. I was, uh, I, I learned how to play chess when I was seven and a half. So... Mm. Uh, right now, you know, some kids, they learn at, you know, four or five, and they're really good at that age. But back then, um, I was, um, you know, Colombian national champion under 14 uh, when I was eight years old. And uh, I represented Colombia in a world championship in Argentina um, back in 1984, a long time ago. Where in Argentina was that? Um, that was in um, Buenos Aires, you know, Lomas de Zamora, and it was a tournament uh, with only 18 participants. And uh, right now, you know, the world championships, I don't know if you've ever participated in, in one of those uh, championships right now that they have thousands of players, but uh, right now, I mean, over there, we had 18 players. They, um, I guess the one that you probably know that who playing that one is a French player, uh, Bacro. No, Lautier, Lautier. Oh, wow. Grandmaster Lautier. He got second place. And uh, I did quite okay. You know, I did, um, I won four games, got a draw, and lost four games. So that was a really good experience. Um, then, um, unfortunately, for it, certain period of time i wasn't able to participate in tournaments i guess the chess federation in colombia um, decided like kids under 12 cannot participate in tournaments that was a regulation for actually sports you know contact sports that makes sense not to have little kids playing against adults and they basically um it, it that's something that affects my development as a player, right? So I didn't play as much tournaments from like uh, 10 to 17. 
even though I was able to participate in many open tournaments, uh, I didn't really play national tournaments uh, during that time. So I didn't compete in um, uh, other world championships. Uh, that um, then uh, my after that, the second time I went to play in a, a international tournament, I was in uh, in Brazil. I played the chess Olympiad for under 26 years old. I think the FIDE stopped doing that one um, a few years after. And it was a team tournament. And um, team tournaments are actually my, my favorite tournaments. And I think we need to encourage more uh, team tournaments because chess- Yeah, well, let, let's talk a little bit more about that. I mean, I know that's something you've actually talked about uh, in the past offline with me. Um, you know, right now there's, you know, the Olympiad every year uh, in the United States amateur team. Uh, east and south and north and west. Um, we actually provided commentary, uh, as you probably know, for the south and uh, north tournaments uh, this past year. Uh, of course, you can find all of that commentary on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Premier Chess. Uh, but yeah, like, why do you, uh, what do you see as the biggest benefits of team tournaments? Well, you know, chess is an individual sport. And it's, it's really hard <laughs> when, when you go to a tournament, you know, by yourself and then you ended up losing. So when you go as part of a team, maybe you can lose, but still the team can win. Mm. Uh, and, and then you have support, you know, you have your other friends, teammates who support you in, you know. So I think for, for kids, uh, for instance, here in Atlanta, the, my favorite tournaments um, here in Georgia are like the team scholastic tournaments. Uh, and personally, my favorite tournaments were the, all the team tournaments. I, I was lucky to participate in two chess Olympiads representing Colombia back in 1996 and 1998. I went to Armenia and I went to, to Russia, to uh, Elista in 1998 and those were teamed competitions and um, yeah I, I think those competitions are great uh, and here I know that in the U.S. I have not been able to participate in those I didn't play in any of those uh, chess amateur tournaments but I know that those are like really really good and people just love to go with the teams and they have like funny names and they get a custom <laughs> it's a lot of fun and it's a it's, it's like a chess festival so i think those those are great to promote chess yeah i will say i think that is uh an important element here um you know team tournaments are a way to build community um and um you know and, and by the way it does go the other way around too you know you could uh, you know, lose a game and then your team is, you know, dependent on you, uh, you know, as well. Um, I mean, I have, you know, look, actually one of my sort of golden rules, actually, when it comes to, uh, you know, team tournaments is, you know, you win or lose as a team, right? If one person blunders, you know, then, um, you know, you don't, you don't blame that person. Exactly. Right? You, have it, to, you have to be supportive. You know, everybody makes mistakes. <laughs> Even the world champion in chess makes mistakes. I mean, everybody loses in chess. So you cannot really, I mean, yeah, you have to be supportive and you have to have good sportsmanship and, and, 
and 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 be part of the team and and sometimes you win sometimes you lose and and that's part of the part of the game so so speaking of learning from our mistakes another very common theme that we have uh you know on the podcast uh when it comes to you know titled and other uh strong players uh you know coming on um is just you know how we could improve in chess so uh i feel like everyone has uh, a little bit of a different story um but uh yeah like from your experience coming from you know um you know a, a, an up and coming player to a, an, an im uh what are your couple like major tips for chess for chess improvement yeah well um personally i was um i was really good at tactics i would say i i i i use uh um the encyclopedia of tactics i don't know if you remember that book <laughs> i do not know but i'll definitely look into it uh, and i i did study that uh, and uh, yeah of course you need to analyze your games that's also really really important uh, i mean right now you know for my students uh, i i think uh <clears throat> working on, on puzzles um you know and i mean all the websites they do have um, great puzzles right now you know chess.com um, leeches you know chess kid uh, and working on the puzzles are a good way to improve now when you play chess you know you can make any moves and you don't really know uh, which one is the best you know uh, when when you're solving a puzzle then you need to find the right move Otherwise, you, you, you failed the puzzle, right? So it teaches your mind to, you know, always try to find the best move. And I think that's a good, um, that, that is a good training, especially for kids. Uh, right now, I think it's a really good way to, to improve. So working on the puzzles, analyzing your games, um, and, uh, you know, keep, keep practicing as much as you can. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. And, and I think that's really important. Um, you know, I was just explaining recently to a lot of different students that, uh, you know, better players don't beat weaker players in general, because they make, you know, less mistakes. Uh, they do it actually, because on the whole, they make slightly better moves. Right. So very often, we'll get, you know, a little bit relaxed, and we'll, you know, make a move just because it's, you know, a reasonable move. Um, but actually, right, we need to always uh, try to, um, you know, find, find the best move. Uh, you know, my good friend, uh, Sean Martinez is another great, uh, chess teacher in New York. And I once was watching a video of him teaching and, you know, he said one line that I really liked, which was, um, you know, it's relatively easy in chess to come up with a good move, but it's very challenging to come up with the best move. Um, which I thought was, uh, yeah, like ra rather important. And, and I, you know, explained to students that if you look at on really almost any position with the computer, uh, you know, almost always there'll be one best move. Yeah. And when you see a good move, try to find a better one, right? Right. But Emmanuel Lasker said. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, and so also for the highest, I mean, for the higher level in chess, I think uh, end games are maybe a big difference. You know, like anybody, uh, you get, you know, a, a lot of expert players, you know, 2,200 players that 
they know openings really, really well and probably even better than some grandmasters. And then maybe the grandmaster just outplayed them in the middle game and end game. So that's, that, that's another thing. So, I mean, to make it to that level, it, it requires a lot, of, um, a lot of practice, a lot of dedication. Um, but for instance, I, I was really happy to see that Tani in New York recently uh, made it to a national master. He's only 10 years old and he wants to beat the record of uh, Bobby Fischer and, and be the youngest grandmaster in the US. So that's, that's really excited. And, and I see that we have a lot of, uh, a lot of kids now in the US uh, with um, a bright future and uh, things are looking great for the American uh, players. <clears throat> Yeah, wow. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it really is, uh, you know, very inspirational. Uh, yeah, Tani's uh, story is uh, amazing. Um, actually, I, I just uh, spoke to his father about potentially him coming on the podcast in a, a couple of weeks. Uh, that would be uh, amazing. Um, and for those listening, we have a, another very special uh, prodigy uh, coming on the podcast shortly. Um, normally, by the way, we actually don't really uh, publicize future guests, but um, but uh, you know, I will, I will in this case. You know, we have Christopher Yu, uh, you know, who's probably the most talented youngster like there is, uh, you know, in the country now. Um, yeah. He's actually. I, I actually have a I, sorry. Um, I have a story about Christopher Yu that I would like to share later. <laughs> yeah, go for it now. While, yeah. while we're at it. So basically, uh, you know, I went to I went to see the Magnus Carlsen uh, carjacking match in New York. Back I was at one of the games as well. Um, uh, back in 2016, and then you know I was I was there. I saw one kid playing against an an adult, and uh, so I decided like to ask, you know, for a challenge. I, I was I was like, hey, would you like to play? And I didn't know who he was. <clears throat> and then the first game, I think he beat me. I was like, oh, this kid is good. <laughs> then, uh, if I'm not wrong, he even beat me the second game. Then I, I beat him in the third game or fourth. But uh, then I realized that he was the best in the country for 11 years old. Uh, and he was really, really good at Blitz. <laughs> so that's, that, that's the story. I, I, you know, usually... Um, like playing blitz, I, I you know, I, I give my, my students uh, timeouts, mm. um, but I was not expecting to to play him in. A, I mean, to yeah, to to lose against a 11, eleven year old kid. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, you know, it, it, it's interesting. It, it just goes to show that you never know who is who. Um, I once actually had a somewhat similar uh, interaction with Fabiano Caruana the first time <laughs> I met him uh, when he was eight and I was 10. Um, I heard the name at the time, but I didn't exactly know uh, what he looked like. So, um, you know, I, I, I thought like, oh, I could like this kid. He's, you know, like very easy. He's young. Um, but then, you know, afterwards, he told me he was 1,800, and, uh, you know. What was the rating at that time? Uh, I was about 1,000. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that, 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 that was a big difference. <laughs> but the crazy thing is, 
I didn't even know until after the game because he actually uh, he actually hung his queen in the game for like nothing. Oh wow! So <laughs> then I ended win? up losing as well. <laughs> I, I blundered the queen back, and it uh, was you know it was uh, you know like crazy. But um, still, like I'll, you know, I'll never forget that. So yeah, you never know, you know, who is who, and um, we're obviously also living in a different age. You know, there, there's Chris Yu, Fabiano. Uh, you know, many other, you know, youngsters, uh, you know, out there that are, uh, you know, coming up and, and, and running. Uh, you know, Hans Niemann uh, just actually became a grandmaster uh, recently. Um, you know, he was on the cover of Chess Life, uh, you know, last month. Um, so, yeah, it, it definitely is a, a different age where, um, yeah, people are, uh, you know, really uh, up and running um, a, a lot more, uh, you know, quickly, uh, actually. So um, yeah. I think it's, uh, you know, kind of kind of exciting in that regard. So speaking of which, the next thing that I wanted to actually ask you about uh, is uh, is actually speed chess. Um, so I know in, I think, 2018, uh, you actually qualified for the uh, World Rapid uh, championship. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, t tell us a, a little bit about, uh, yeah, how, how you, uh, you know, became, uh, you know, kind of good in chess in, in, uh, in, in, in blitz and rapid and, um, or sorry, the, the world blitz championship. Right. Okay. Um, and, and, and how, how has blitz, uh, you know, sort of helped you, uh, you know, in, in your slow career as well? Well, um, yes. So basically, back in 2018, um, I had the opportunity to represent my, my country, Colombia. Well, I'm an American citizen since 2019, but, uh, you know, the FIDE, I, I still play for Colombia. Mm -hmm. So I was able to, I, I was basically, no one from Colombia was going there. This was a winter in Russia. So, um, and uh, so I had the opportunity to go to St. Petersburg. And it was uh, it, it, it was an amazing experience, you know. Um, I love playing blitz. Um, I was a Colombian national champion in blitz in 2000. Uh, overall, I I only got second place in the overall championship in, in Colombia. I didn't get a Colombian national championship, uh, but in blitz I was. And um, so and recently since um, basically I retired, you know, from like chess competitions, uh, I, I focus more, more, more on teaching. So in, in 2001, so I, but I, I love to play, uh, to play Blitz. And it's easier now to play, you know, you just go to chess.com, chess, any website, and then you can find good games against uh, players from everywhere. So, um, so it's, it's not really like like blitz for me help my uh, slow career because like 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 I said before I'm like a retired player you know I I I I'm a I'm a chess coach now I love teaching chess and I just play blitz for fun I think it helps to keep uh you know a certain level um, I I can tell you that. Um, I, I, the last big tournament I play in regular chess, uh, I went to play the millionaire chess in Vegas. 
I think that was a great initiative from Grandmaster Maurice Ashley. And, uh, but, you know, since I didn't really have uh, um, like practice, I didn't really practice that much and, and, and working, teaching chess, then your level goes down, especially because mm. when we teach beginners, then even though I had like sometimes good positions, I ended up uh, blundering and, and, I, and it was probably the worst result of my chess career because I think I lost the first three three games and usually in a tournament i i never lose uh, maybe the first round that, that's it but um so but in that tournament i was able to do quite well in the blitz at the end so i have not been able to play good slow chess <laughs> but in blitz i'm still okay uh, talking about slow chess um the, one of the best memories I have actually is also from New York. It was my first tournament in the U.S. back in 1997. Oh, wow. uh, I played the New York Open. Uh, how old were you in 19? You, you, were you even born in 1997? <laughs> uh, I, I was seven years old. The New York Open was a little bit before my time. <laughs> yeah. So that was at the New Yorker in New York, you know, 34th Street. Um, New Yorker hotel and uh, and I was uh, you know in that tournament I was able to beat three grandmasters in a row uh, and I guess that was the best result of course in, in my chess career um, I ended up uh, losing the last round against um, international master Sevillano and so I had I think five out of nine um, but it was good enough for an international master norm. Uh, I lost the last game. I, I lost a lot of money losing that game. But it was, um, I mean, just winning three games against three strong grandmasters, that was like the best result of my chess career. So, um, but now I, I, I think Blitz and Rapid, I, I feel that they, they have more potential in the future than, than a slow chess. That's my belief. And I, I'm so glad to see a lot of, uh, you know, tournaments that we have uh, online. And I, I hope that in person we will get more blitz and rapid tournaments as well, too. Yeah, well, I definitely am very excited about the return to over-the-board chess. Uh, speaking of which, we actually are hosting our first over-the-board tournament in over a year and a half uh, this Saturday, actually, in chess, at the Chess and Checker House in Central Park. Uh, very much look forward to it. It's going to be uh, quad, uh, three games. And, um, yeah, it's going to be, uh, yeah, absolutely uh, amazing. Um, very much, um, yeah, look forward to it. Um, we're going to uh, be... Um, yeah, just, uh, having, having a great time. Uh, everyone is, um, you know, yeah, it's going to be for all ages and skill levels and, um, you know, it, it should be yeah. a great time. Take, so. Taking advantage of the nice weather, you know, spring weather and the beautiful uh, scenery, you know, Central Park, that that's a great location. Every time I go to New York, I try to, to go to the, Central Park and, and visit the chess and checkers uh, area. So 
It, yeah, well, well, it was there, I should mention, in uh, 1995 when I was five years old. That's where I first <laughs> met uh, my good friend and colleague, uh, women's international master, John Ashranaz Kennedy. Uh, my brother, in fact, was, uh, you know, doing a, a camp with her, uh, you know, there. And um, I, I first started learning with her actually really two years later. But, um, yeah, my brother Alex was, was, was doing a camp with her. Uh, you know, then and uh, yeah, Nationals and I, we actually run a lot of tournaments together. We do, uh, you know, quite a bit. Um, we're also, you know, certainly, uh, you know, very good friends. So, um, yeah, Chess and Checker House has always been, uh, you know, sort of near and dear, uh, you know, to me. Um, a lot of other people have been, you know, very involved. Um, one of our previous podcast guests, uh, Grandmaster Susan Polgar, who actually just retired this week from uh, Webster University. Uh, I know she's done like a couple of events there, uh, you know, as, as well. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I guess the, the, the last thing I, I really wanted to, you know, ask you about is, uh, you know, just to the, the work that you're, you're, you're doing now. Um, it's still obviously a little bit of a crazy time, but things are, you know, sort of going back to normal. So, uh, yeah, what, what's the, you know, sort of the latest and greatest of uh, what Justin Lena is doing? Yes. Well, um, unfortunately, you know, we got really affected by, by the pandemic. I had like, um, you know, Chess Atlanta, we had like 15 schools, 10 different coaches. Um, and then we moved virtual. Uh, unfortunately, you know, for some um, kids, if, we're, if they were doing virtual school, and then virtual chess, that, that was too much. So we're hoping to get things back to normal. Now, uh, I was lucky to work with kids who really, really love the game. So I've been working, um, teaching uh, kids virtually. And um, I think, you know, for the ones who really like chess, it is, is the best and more efficient way, way to, to do it. Because um, um, let's say kids, you know, normal kids that go to a chess class one hour a week, and if they don't practice at home, then the pace of learning is really, really slow. So I, you know, before the pandemic, I used to tell kids, hey, try to practice a little bit, you know, use chess kit, uh, play against Magnus, do many things to, to try to encourage them to, to practice at home. Um, now for the ones who continue, we got some kids who really, really improve a lot, like more than thousand ratings. I mean, thousand points in, in ratings, and because uh, you know that now they're they're basically playing every day and practicing every day, and so I was lucky, you know, to work with those type of kids. Uh, also, uh, I have um, uh, one international master in Colombia who was uh, teaching some. Uh, lessons for advanced players here as well too because i've been dedicating myself to the beginners and, and, and mostly kids um, and um, so he um, was working with adults um, who really wanted to to improve you know so but um, my other coaches actually they were doing full uh, part-time so they had like different careers you know one was a tennis coach so he's doing really good teaching tennis uh, another one was a photographer 
she's working, you know, doing well. Another one was in real estate, and I'm afraid that he doesn't want to come back because he's doing he's doing really well in real estate as well. So, so they had other things, and they're working on, on their other things. Um, so, yeah, we we had um, we had many many uh, more, more than 400 kids in in, in all the classes that hope, ho hopefully we can get. You know, I mean, the, this fall things will probably get back to to normal uh, and uh, we can have the idea I think for me will be have hybrid classes so the kids go to school and play in I mean in person with other kids you know like the chess club chess classes at the schools and then also we can have a virtual classes as well because uh, I think it's really really important for them to to practice as much as possible uh, that's when you get the benefits of chess. I don't think if you play one hour a week, you know, you get as much benefits as if you practice and you make it to a certain level. Yeah, and, and I certainly agree. Um, you know, practice obviously is, is important. And, uh, you know, I think it's also important that, uh, yeah, everyone has been asking me, like, what are you doing, you know, later on? Are you doing, like, in-person stuff? And, you know, are you going to be continuing to do virtual uh, you know, and, and the truth is, like, you know, I have no idea, you know, I'm just doing what I could do, uh, you know, each day. Um, that said, I mean, I'm very excited, you know, the Blasio actually announced New York is, uh, you know, pretty much fully opening up uh, in July. So I'm definitely really, really uh, excited to, um, yeah, really get back into full force. Uh, you know, we're taking baby steps. Um, you know, this, again, this is our first tournament uh, in a, like over a year and a half. I can't even uh, really like fathom that um, sometimes. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, just a little bit crazy to think about. But uh, at the same time, uh, you know, we got to be uh, rather excited. So, yeah, no, um, that's, that's great. That's uh, I mean, Playing in person is, is definitely more fun and um, is, is, is actually the, the best experience, you know, playing chess in person. Uh, but for learning, and we have had this before even, you know, COVID, we had uh, like top grandmasters from everywhere teaching the top players, you know, online. So uh, basically, if you want, you know, for the kids who are competitive, um, the online um, teaching is it, it works really well for them as well too. So, uh, but in person, I mean, like there is nothing like to to play chess in person, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the the but uh, you know, look at the same time, it's uh, you know obviously important to uh, you know learn how to be uh, yeah, like over the board. Uh, you know, as is, is, is well, but uh, yeah, like definitely, um, you know, it'd be great to, uh, you know, like keep things in, in person again uh, as well. So, um, yeah, so um, yeah, just uh, really wanted to thank you so much, Carlos, for taking some time to, you know, talk to us on the podcast. Um, we talked about, you know, some great issues like uh, chest promotion, uh, your training in Colombia, the benefits of uh, team tournaments and tips for uh, improvement, uh, the, some of the nations, uh, you know, top youth players, uh, your experience playing the World Rapid Championships, 
um, and talking about what's, you know, currently going on, uh, you know, with COVID and uh, the turn of uh, over the board chefs. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you would like to uh, add? Yes. Uh, well, thank you, Evan. And uh, yes. So <clears throat> during this, um, you know, pandemic, I've been um, working on some uh, projects. Um, since uh, many years ago, I always wanted like to maybe be able to teach chess uh, in different locations, you know, like, uh, and now I actually was approached by some parents of a kid that we were teaching at one of the schools and they have a travel agency. I mean, they work with Expedia. And um, so I've, I'm basically uh, organizing um, I'm planning to organize when, you know, when things get uh, back to normal, that hopefully that's, that, that's going to happen soon. Uh, we're having uh, some um, chess events uh, in different locations around the world. We have a scheduled one for Mexico in Thanksgiving, so people can take a little break, a winter break, you know, it's, it's winter here, so they can go to Mexico. The parents can have some, some fun, you know, it's an all-inclusive resort, and the kids can learn chess at the same time. So, um, and um, also I'm hoping to get a group together and go to see Magnus Carlsen playing against uh, Nepo Nimiachi at the Dubai Expo. I think that would be an amazing uh, trip. No, I, I'm coming. I'm are, coming. Are coming. Okay, so we need to promote that. You know, it's Let's better go. to go. It's better to go with you know with friends. You know, in chess, you know, the fide is hens una sumus. You know, somos una. I mean, like we, we are one family. I guess that's. I mean, I just already looked it up. New York to Dubai. That's around a six hundred dollar <laughs> flight. Let's go. Yeah, so it's better, to, you know, to go and 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 Dubai is an amazing city, and uh, and, and opened up relations with Israel. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I think chess um, has um, a, a lot of. Uh, I mean, it is um, is doing well, and it has a lot of potential. And and the best part of the chess education, I think, that's when we've you know. Our companies actually, you know, we focus on teaching kids, and uh, I think that's uh, that's great for the kids. I really hope that um, you know all kids will will get a chance to to be able to to learn chess, you know, and and we need to make sure that is uh, we teach it in a way that is fun for them because if it's fun for them at the beginning, then they will continue playing. So, yeah, well, that's a hundred percent, you know, correct. Um, I know that, um, yeah, my, my good friend, Jason Bowie, the founder of the Philadelphia Chess Society, once told me in an interview that that's the number one thing. You know, if, if there's one thing that chess teachers uh, need to, uh, you know, abide by uh, is they need to make things fun, you know, especially for, you know, the younger students that are, you know, not exactly, you know, as serious, right? If it's not fun, uh, you know, they're, they're never going to improve. So, um, so lastly here, um, Carlos, if anyone wants to reach out, uh, learn a little bit more about how they could uh, potentially, you know, get involved with Chess Atlanta, uh, you know, in terms of programming or maybe work with you in any, uh, you know, other projects on the side, how can people get a hold of you? Okay, um, well, I have um, um, Chess Atlanta on, on Facebook, Instagram, 
Um, and uh, they can also contact me on LinkedIn. Uh, I have a Twitter account. Uh, and info at chessatlanta.com. That's, that's my email as well, too. So, um, and also, I, I forgot to mention, you know, um, I, I think one of the best ways to promote chess and inspire kids, you know, is doing doing simuls. Mm. Uh, when I was a kid, I was lucky to to play against uh, uh, Miguel Nydorf. Oh wow! In, in Argentina back in 1984, and um, you know he he played a against all the participants of, of the World Chess Championship, uh, and you know I also did play simuls as a kid. You know, I had the privilege to play a simul at the uh, Sevilla uh, match Karpov-Kasparov back in 1987. I played a simul against 26 participants. It took many hours. I was sponsored by uh, the, well, not sponsored, but, you know, we gave out uh, Colombian coffee at that um, event. And uh, so I really love to, to do simuls and I have a, a, an idea of doing a chess marathon. Basically, mm. it's playing chess against um, kids or adults, you know, playing against uh, clock simuls. So I think clock simuls are, are more fun, more entertainment and more challenging, you know. So uh, you don't have to wait for the <laughs> the a player who is doing the simul to make a move. You, you can just make a move anytime you want. So doing those clock simuls and basically finish whenever uh, I complete a marathon distance, like uh, 26 miles. So that's, um, I've been like trying to train that in the past year as well too. Because um, I think, you know, with this pandemic and stuff, I think it's really important to be uh, also in good shape and you know chess is a mental sport but I think you know at the top uh, players also they need to be in really really good shape if they're going to be able to play for like five six hours you know for a match so I, I think that's um, that's an also a way to to promote chess that I would like to to start doing yeah, that. well, I think simuls are actually really cool. Um, you know, we've actually had uh, a previous podcast guest who you've certainly heard of, uh, Timur Gureyev, who actually <laughs> yes. won the world record for, uh, you know, Black biggest blindfold simul, uh, you know, out there, um, which was, uh, you know, amazing. Um, you know, I also, um, you know, probably definitely the, the, the most, uh, uh, interesting simul that I've ever uh, actually done um, was when I actually did a tandem simul uh, with Amelia Hernandez uh, from uh, Venezuela, actually uh, back in uh, 2019 uh, down in uh, Florida uh, as part of the Sunrise uh, Chess Challenge. Uh, it was actually kind of fun because Hikaru Nakamura was standing right behind us and uh, like yelling at us about all of our terrible moves uh, <laughs> during the whole time. And then we were out at dinner several hours later and, uh, you know, Hikaru just like kept ranting about every single position where I made a mistake. And I didn't even remember a single one of those positions. <laughs> I had literally no idea what he was talking about uh, several hours later. But of course, 
yeah, he remembered uh, every single one of them. So, uh, but anyway, Carlos, thank you so much uh, for your time today. I look forward to being in touch and expanding the partnership between uh, Premier Chess and, and Chess Atlanta. Uh, keep doing great things and we look forward to seeing your progress. Thank you, Evan. It was a pleasure to be here and uh, keep, keep up the great work, okay? Likewise. Ciao. Uh, luck for Premier Chess. <laughs> Ciao. Ciao.